0: Welcome back everyone, I am Cass PNC I'm joined as usual by my partner in crime. We've already recorded an episode today, so we're just gonna jump right into it. We're gonna talk about a company called Wire. Wire, spelled W-Y-R-E. Weird company, wound down in June of this past year. But yeah, I want Bennett to kind of walk us through this. He wanted to record an episode about this. And uh, I think it is, once you delve into the, the weeds of it a bit, It's pretty fascinating.
1: Wire is a cryptocurrency payment processor, one of the most common targets of our ire on this channel. And it was like many cryptocurrency payment processors seeming to do things a little unusually. And part of this story, the beginning of this story in my mind involves Ryan Breslow, who I've made a couple videos about on this channel, but we've never done a full episode on him because frankly, he's not that important. Ryan Breslow has a couple of different companies. One was called Eco. Eco was a company that said it could earn its users yield. And it claimed to do this by lending to people like Goldman Sachs and Fidelity, but was actually lending to people like Wire and uh, BlockFi. And so that's how Eco was making its yield for its customers. That was a Ryan Breslow company, but so was Bolt, the one-click payments company that at one point was valued at like $11 billion or something crazy before a New York Times investigation revealed that they had misrepresented what they were able to do to people in order to get them to sign and then misrepresented the nature of those relationships in order to get other people to sign. Before Bolt was exposed for that, they put in a $1.5 billion offer for WIRE, making it at the time one of the most valuable cryptocurrency acquisitions of all time. What makes this even stranger is that this acquisition was announced in April of 2022. One month before that, in March of 2022, Ryan's other company, Eco, had notified users that they were moving off of Wire and onto Prime Trust. So one company moves off in March, April they announced they're going to buy the company, and even more interesting, Eco didn't actually get all their funds moved off until the end of May. Shortly after that, in September, it's announced that the deal's not gonna happen. Bolt backs away, and a couple months after that, very end of the year, December, beginning of January, WIRE announces they're going to be scaling back operations and laying people off after this deal blew up. And that's like the first phase of WIRE. Right? It's a cryptocurrency payment processor doing what cryptocurrency payment processors do, making risky loans, throwing funds around into DeFi protocols, announcing acquisitions that never actually happen. It's a classic crypto payment processor.
0: So when I go to Wire, their website, which is still up, it says Wire is winding down. And it talks about uh, what they did and how they're ending. And they basically, it seems like they... tried to do this in a way that allowed people to get their funds off of the payment processor in time. I don't know if you know anything more about that than I do. Funny enough, I'm, I'm like, Bolt is still around though. And this is Ryan, Bre- that's still Ryan Breslow's company, right? We didn't even
1: get into all of Ryan Breslow's fuck ups, right? Like he had the movement DAO that he gave away to like a known fraudster that was separate from like his movement not for profit that ended up like embroiled in some other scandal. We've got some articles we'll link in the description and there's some videos we've made on this channel about it. But like Ryan Breslow's whole like group of companies is a fucking mess.
0: I'm looking through his career and uh, just some of his stuff in general. First of all, this guy is 29 years old. He's younger than me. Um, And 29 is very, very young. Crypto pharmaceutical startup, the movement, a dance nonprofit. I, I, I am confused about this guy's entire life surprise went to Stanford. Gosh, I'm I'm all over the place here just cuz I'm like wow. So, Eco so Eco didn't work out. That that's gone, right? Eco still has a website. Yep. And they're still yeah. tweeting. And they still have a token that's down oh, down 70%. Remember there's Excuse two tokens, me. right?
1: There's Eco and there's EcoX.
0: What does EcoX do? Well, that's the deflationary
1: supply token serving as the governance asset that's used to secure applications on the Eco network, of course.
0: It's deflationary. Why is it down 88%? It's not deflationary enough. I feel like this is so similar to our discussion about Terra Luna, man. We're not going after Ryan Breslow's stupidity today. They're all interconnected. Wire, Bolt, sure. Echo, Love, whatever the fuck these are. like, And they're all doing poorly. They're all stupid. How much money was going through Wire?
1: There's some answers to that I'll get to. Not as much as you might be thinking. Very beginning of 2022, WIRE announces they're scaling back operations and doing these layoffs. And then on January 7th, WIRE announces that they're going to be changing withdrawals and limiting how much you can withdraw. You can only withdraw up to 90% plus other daily limits. Five days later, though, things get better when WIRE announces that they have received financing from a strategic partner that will allow them to continue their normal course of operations. And this is always good news when crypto companies get strategic financing from undisclosed partners. That takes us into the Binance US era of WIRE. Binance US, in the beginning of 2022, was using Prime Trust as their principal payment processor. They started switching off of Prime Trust and by May 25th, 2023, had much of their funds stored with WIRE, what makes this especially fascinating is that Wires CEO used to run compliance for Prime Trust, a company we've talked about before, in which we've highlighted some of their non compliant behavior. And Wires VP of compliance at this point used to run compliance for Binance US, which you may also know as the firm currently being sued by the SEC for their non compliance. That takes us up towards the very end of wire. And this is where things can kind of get interesting. What's also interesting is that the total amount that Binance US transferred over was in the range of like $10 million, right? Like the amount of actual money Binance US had was not that much. But Binance US using wire made it much more important. And this is when Protos decided to do some digging into wire through their various terms of service and their different entities. And we discovered that it was a mess. One of the entities they referenced was in liquidation. Another one had its ultimate its liquidator named as a fraudster who was previously convicted of fraud. Giannar- Giannaros, who claimed he had stepped down as CEO, was still listed as the CEO on annual reports filed in Florida. Was the sole director of Wire Payments Proprietary Limited, its entity in Australia. I. I just want to reiterate again, one of the entities they were still directing customers towards was in liquidation, and its liquidator was a convicted fraudster, just to make sure people hear that. And we discovered this, pulled these corporate documents, verified this information, and then we sent out emails to Binance US, Wire, et cetera, asking them, hey, are you aware of this information? Uh, Do you have any extra context you can provide us? Things like that. And so... We finally published this piece on June 5th, discussing this vast corporate disarray at WIRE. And then on June 16th, 11 days later, we enter the final era of WIRE, the wind-down era you mentioned, where supposedly they shut down all operations and started returning all these funds to customers two weeks after the final balance had been transferred from, for Binance US over to WIRE. This information about Wire is published, and then Wire needs to shut down.
0: This makes me think of two things, which is, one, the, I know the Tai Chi documents were different than this. This isn't what the Tai Chi documents were necessarily about. But it does remind me of them in that it's like, we're watching this weird game of hopscotch transpire in crypto, where like companies and people spin up payment processors or buy parts of banks or whatever to ensure that they can move real fiat around because they do turns out that fiat is like quite useful for paying your bills and living your life. And so they need a way to access the the fiat monetary system. And so they do these weird tricks. And then it also makes me think of Not just like crypto capital corp but like other payment processors that we've discussed evolve a bunch in europe that end up you know getting used up and spit out real quick it doesn't seem like there's a mechanism in place to stop this the mechanism in
1: place here as we've kind of discussed is in theory regulators and the problem is that regulators are not incentivized to do the kind of regulation that would actually stop this kind of thing from happening You mentioned Evolve Bank & Trust, and they are an annoying little wrinkle in some of my side. Sometimes cryptocurrency thing called Juno entered into a contract with Evolve Bank & Trust for a digital currency custody account agreement. And what was strange about this agreement is that after the collapse of FTX, Evolve Bank & Trust came out and made their statement that we do not offer crypto custodial services. But here we go. There's a digital currency custody account agreement that states that a digital currency custody account will be made available to eligible consumers by Evolve Bank and Trust. So this is a bank seemingly confused on what services they offer instead of a payment processor, but broadly similar. And I believe, though could not get Evolve to admit to, the fact that I believe their custody services were eventually contracted out to like Wire, who was contracting with Synapse for their custody of crypto assets or something like that. But again, we're talking about some of these same firms. I saw your face move when I said one of those names. We're talking about some of these same firms who are embroiled in some of this, like they're providing financial services to shady businesses and doing it by creating a variety of different entities in which responsibilities are moved around contractually to hide who is providing what services.
0: I guess the best example that I can always mention that everyone or most people recall is EOS, uh, the cryptocurrency that through Block.1 raised $4 billion and got given a, I don't know what it was, like a $20 million fine or something from the SEC. And so when you think about that, when you go, oh, the fine that they had to pay for raising billions of dollars was nothing it always is worth it to break the law if that's gonna be the end result, right? And so I look at these payment processors that you're talking about, whether it's wire, whether we're talking about banks like Evolve, or we're talking about payment processors like Synapse, like it seems like it's worth it for them always to take the risk of onboarding customers who might not be the most honest actors in the world. The end result at worst is, oh, we have to wind down. And the best result is being like, oh, we gave them their money back and we're just going to keep going.
1: So the worst result is Reggie Fowler being sentenced to prison,
0: right? I think what he was doing very clearly is a def- like a definitive line of difference between what we're talking about here and what happened back in 2017, 2018.
1: I think you're right. We've talked about some of this before, right? Regulators, if they lack the political will, and if broadly there's not kind of a societal political will to go after this type of thing, it doesn't happen. And you and I have pointed to in the past like the 2008 great financial crisis and the utter unwillingness for prosecutors to really bring meaningful criminal charges against anyone. And for regulators to even really seriously engage with meaningful civil penalties against most of the worst actors kind of set a tone that has persisted for the next 15 years that has prevented any serious engagement with white collar crime and especially white collar misbehavior. Right. Like white collar things that aren't legal, but maybe aren't going to actually get you sent to prison. We're not even willing to, like, grapple with that stuff, you know. And so I think that is broadly a failure of our kind of white collar regulatory system.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate because the the people who got punished the most, I don't know, sex workers in Nevada or something where it's actually even totally legal to be doing what they're doing. But it becomes increasingly difficult to have a bank account or to process payments or whatever only fans has issues with this right there's like there's legitimate businesses doing real stuff and working with people who maybe struggle to get banking or struggle to find places where they can keep their money meanwhile These white collar criminals are doing stuff like spinning up their own payment processors, buying parts of banks, and then they end up getting away with it. They end up not having to do time except for Reggie Fowler, except for like, you you know, and and I say Ravid and and, uh, Oz Yosef, but they're not going to do time either because they're in Israel. So they're never going to they're never going to face, you know, they're never going to pay the piper. They're going to just be out there, you know. Never, never having to come back to the U.S. and never getting shipped back to the U.S. It's really unfortunate because on one hand, the people who I do want to see get helped are like they're the ones getting the most punished. And the people who deserve to get punished just keep spinning up their bullshit for the worst people around.
1: Yeah, I I think there's definitely a bit to that. And the other point I want to emphasize is like that it was not incredibly difficult to determine that, like, these entities Wire was using, like that one entity had already been liquidated, another was in liquidation with the liquidator being a fraudster, that, like, the person who claimed he was no longer CEO was still listed as CEO on multiple annual reports. This was all known. And what that means is that everyone who was still choosing to work with Wire reasonably could have determined that. And many of these entities that were still working with Wire, at least ostensibly, have compliance departments and things whose job, at least on paper, is to make sure they're not working with that kind of partner. And so what it really emphasizes to me is how thin the veneer of something like Binance US's compliance department really is, right? They'll bring in whatever names they want from whatever former regulatory agency has someone leaving out the revolving door, right? They'll hire whatever biggest name they can, but their ability to actually interface with making sure their partners, their vendors, whatever, are compliant is non-existent. I think that though we've talked a lot about payment processors today, it's important to remember that technically Send is not a payment processor because we're not actually licensed in any jurisdictions. What we consider ourselves as is a payment manager. You intend to make a payment and we just manage it until it's done.
0: And that's it. That's why we don't have any licenses in any um, jurisdiction. Also to protect ourselves and to protect our customers, really. Um, so I just want to make sure that everybody understands that, that this is in your best interest as well as ours. And um, if you look at our terms of service, there is a pinky swear that we're not going to take your, take your funds. And um, we take that very seriously.
1: And we promise none of our entities are currently in liquidation controlled by a convicted fraudster.
0: Wait, we do?